0: Many people seek evidence. We are following a process. How to understand that it is the right one? So, the great Acharya in our line of discipline succession, Srila Narottam Das Thakura said, Guru, Sadhu, Shastra, Vakya, Te, Korea, Aikya. It means Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra. In this way, by telling these, Three factors a person can be assured of his perfection, of his spiritual path. Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. So God has given the instructions to us, just like with any machine user manual comes. That is called Shastra. Scriptures. And uh, how to understand that scriptures are giving the perfect knowledge. So that you have to see the spiritual master should be telling the same thing because guru Shishya parampara is there so uh, because by reading scriptures also a person can come to some other conclusion so that is why uh, krishna has sent guru parampara and krishna has sent the books also so this parampara traces back to supreme personality himself as we were discussing the other day if a person needs to figure out the child wants to understand who is the father then he has to ask the mother similarly father's father's ultimate father the knowledge of the descent of uh, the predecessors it descends in the parampara in the lineage in a similar fashion the knowledge about supreme personality first person comes also in lineage any hand the same knowledge is passed down in the books also so the gurus they help us to easily understand the scriptures which are also coming from the supreme personality only So in order to understand what is the exact meaning of the scripture, which is the right understanding, we have to take from Guru. And uh, how do we understand that Guru is correct? So it is uh, that is why imperative that we take into account. Third factor also, that is Sadhu Sadhu means the devotees, previous devotees, previous Acharyas in science. The scientists have said E is equal to MC square. Now today also the physicist should say E is equal to MC square and previously also it has been said asserted by various physicists so it can be understood this is right knowledge and it is written in book also sometimes there could be a misprint in the book E is equal to MC cube so now you can ask teacher teacher will tell no no this is MC square actually and uh, now how to understand teacher is wrong or book is wrong so sadhu is there previous teachers what they have told oh all the authorized teachers they have told mc square it means there is some correction which has to be done in the book it is mc square so uh, such correction is not required of course in the vedas but the wrong interpretation can be taken so if somebody is telling that kurukshetra is this body and the pandavas are five senses and uh, so you have to understand what previous personalities, Acharyas have told have to told like this or they have told Kurukshetra is a real place, which we now also know that place exists in India and the Pandavas were historical figures. What is the actual understanding? So we in this way, we tally. So there is no chance of risk, Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. Just like sometimes the teacher helps us to uh, understand the books nicely and sometimes Uh, If our teacher is not correct, that is also possible. So then we reject that teacher. A book is saying something and teacher says something else. Just like Bali Maharaj rejected his guru. In this way, we can be assured. So previous teachers have been there who have followed the path of truth. And my current guru is there and scriptures are there. In this way, it can be tallied very nicely. And the sadhus also play one very important role. Just like uh, if the doctor is good the patient would be cured there is no other proof in a similar fashion we can understand from the life of the sadhus how to apply the principles mentioned in the vedas in one's life and we can see how they have got result by applying those things that is why we have very strong faith in the process so somebody was doubting Prabhupada that whether this guru is right or not and so many gurus are there around us so uh, but when he met Prabhupada, anybody who was around who heard of him who met him who saw his dealings understood this person is not cheating so we understand this person is not cheating us but then he himself could be confused who knows his knowledge is right or not so then Prabhupada explained i am not giving my own knowledge i am simply repeating what previous saints have spoken i am simply repeating without any change so we have seen from the example jagai madhai were there who were ruffians of the highest order and those people became liberated personalities, developing all the ecstatic symptoms by following the process of chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra, serving the pure devotees. Similarly, we have instances of Valmiki and many other uh, Mrigari and so many other devotees who are very fallen, but simply by chanting the holy names, following this process, they became very exalted devotees. So thus it is very, very important to understand the life of sadhus. So as far as the Hare Krishna movement is concerned, do we have any sadhus? Yes, there are many, many. And today we will discuss about the first sadhu. And uh, he is called the first saint of Iskon. His name is Janan Prabhu and devotees also call him Jainan Thakur. So let us understand the life of uh, this wonderful devotee who left his body before Prabhupada disappeared from this planet. And thus Prabhupada assured he has gone back to Godhead. So on Monday, uh, he disappeared, he left his body in 77. So that is where we are discussing, uh, taking up that right opportunity to discuss the glorious pastimes. So his legal name was Jim Core. Jim Core was the all American boy, handsome, strong, intelligent, born in an upper middle class family. A good student, he took a degree in mechanical engineering from Ohio State University. So nowadays, of course, we have many universities in our country and everywhere and people uh, sometimes in Indian universities may not find employment, but that is not the case with American universities and that two universities were very rare in the 60s. And that time he had a degree from Ohio State University in mechanical engineering. So very promising degree, a good job he could have landed. But however, despite his outward trappings of success, he was often unhappy, empty and dissatisfied with the material conception of life. So this happens with uh, everyone. Outward trappings of success are there, but inside person is not satisfied in his life. However, he was more realized. Jim did not fit into the upper class crowd. So it was not very surprising that he ended up in a very unique profession. And what was that? He became just imagine he's a mechanical engineer from a very good university, but he ended up as a cab driver in San Francisco. Though an introspective person, he was not really religious. His depression was almost suicidal when in 1967 he happened to read a small article in the San Francisco paper about an Indian Swami who had come to the Bay Area to propagate the chanting of the names of God. For some reason, the article ignited a ray of hope within him. He resolved to attend the lecture of the Indian Swami and this Indian Swami was none other than His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. So he was feeling so awkward in this rat race, people earning degrees and then doing jobs. He was very, very uncomfortable and he became very sad, very depressed. And then he read this article that Swami is coming and some he saw a small ray of hope. Let me visit. So in Bhagavad Gita, 7th chapter, Krishna mentions, Chatur vidha Bhajante Mam Jana Arjuna Artho Artharthi jigyasi four kinds of people surrender unto Krishna who are pious who have done previously good activities or in this life the person who is in stress who is in some need who is Jigyasu inquisitive or who is seeker of absolute truth so he was uh, belonging to the distress category and in this mood he took his first step towards his destiny Jim was instantly attracted to the Indian Swami, who was none other than Srila Prabhupada, the founder Acharya of ISKCON. He had been in the USA for only a year and was in the process of establishing his mission of bringing Krishna consciousness to the Western world. So Prabhupada started from New York and he was there in Boston, then New York. And after staying for some time in New York, Prabhupada went to San Francisco, which was the epicenter of all the hippie movement. So it was hardly an year just for Prabhupada to uh, start the activities. On some occasions, Jim would be, Jim began to attend regularly the morning Bhagavatam lectures of Srila Prabhupada. On some occasions, Jim would be the only guest listening to the morning lecture. So, as it was the hippie uh, center and all those hippies, when he came to the temple uh, and he saw a temple or some center was there. So you saw that all of them, the hippies were there in uh, long grown hairs and various dresses. And he was uh, apparently the only sane man. And he was having short, neat trimmed hair and iron clothes. And uh, his age also was more. I think he was around 27, 28 that time or maybe 30 like that. And others were very young. So uh, and usually the hippies although they were taking to the Hare Krishna Mahamantra but difficult to correct the habits so morning all would fall asleep and would not get up but then he was very very attentive and very enlightened to hear Bhagavatam lectures and sometimes he was the only person who was hearing Bhagavatam class soon he became very attached to Srila Prabhupada and his teachings Prabhupada Lovingly reciprocated and would sometimes personally cook prasadam for Jim and serve him. Soon thereafter, Srila Prabhupada accepted Jim as his disciple and initiated him with the spiritual name Jayananda. In Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhilila, it is written Out of many millions of wandering living entities, one who is very fortunate gets an opportunity to associate with a bona fide spiritual master by the grace of Krishna brahmand brahmite kon bhagyavan jeev guru krishna prasadepai bhakti latabij by the mercy of both krishna and the spiritual master such a person receives the seed of the creeper of devotional service so the devotional service is compared to a seed uh, it starts with a seed and then just like a seed you have to water very nicely so that the tree can come out similarly the seed of devotional service has to be watered very nicely by uh, chanting and hearing the holy names and by rendering service to krishna and his pure devotee in this way this small uh, shoot comes out and then eventually it grows into a very big lush green tree and uh, the fruit of this tree is called love of godhead and just like a person has to be very very careful in the beginning he has to guard, he has to do the fencing from all the sides. Some animal can come, it can uh, destroy completely. In a similar fashion, the scriptures give so many protective measures so that unless it is sufficiently grown and we relish the fruits, it is protected very nicely all around. However, this seed is very, very difficult to get. So, everything that you see in the universe even the smallest indivisible particle atom that has got a soul within it although the consciousness is not manifest it is uh, a kind of dead only the consciousness is so dormant but souls are there everywhere and just imagine every atom has got soul and how many atoms are there how many souls are there in this material universe and out of these many souls there are some Very, very few of them who are able to get immovable bodies like those of trees. And then some of them, they become small insects, some germs, and then they develop, they become reptiles and then insects. Then there are four like human species, most of them uncivilized. Very few are there who are civilized in touch with Varnashrama Dharma. And those are able to get the devotional seed in that also very, very rarely. Among the Varnashrama Dharma also some of them who stumble upon the association of a pure devotee and when the pure devotee is pleased, they get the seed of devotional service. So how rare, difficult it is to get this seed of devotional service and that Jim got in the association of Śrīla Prabhupāda. From the instructions and teachings presented by Śrīla Prabhupāda, He understood his special relationship with Krishna, with Guru, and that there is an authorized process to establish this relationship. Jainan was completely enamored by Krishna consciousness. He would rise every day morning before four, do a little aarti, chant his rounds of japa, read and cook prasads. So this is a standard which everybody, every spiritualist who is sincere about making a spiritual life perfect, is supposed to follow. The first thing is to get up early in the morning in Brahmurta time. So Prabhupada tells you are reading books. So reading the philosophy will help only if you apply the philosophy in your daily life. We have read Tapasya, Brahmacharena, Shamena, Damena, Cha. Tapasya is very important, but where is Tapasya in our life? So the first Tapasya is to get up early in the morning in Brahmurta. Unless somebody is getting up early in the morning, there is no question of spiritual life. So, of course, if we are very new, it does not matter. Just like all the hippies you see were not able to get up. Only Jain and Prabhu was there. But somehow, others also picked up and they became good devotees slowly. But however, unless a person has started doing this thing, spiritual life has not yet begun. Satvaguna also is not there. Satrik means he would automatically get up. He cannot tolerate sleeping for a long time. Satrik person will automatically get up. So, as soon as we get up in the morning, 4 o'clock, That is the last time. Before 4 we should get up. So 4 o'clock when a person has got up, he should do uh, Mangala Arati immediately. He should uh, worship the Lord. And after that, chanting should happen. And that time, uh, the regular arrangement was not there for Bhagavatam. So devotees would read the Bhagavatam book. Otherwise, you can hear Bhagavatam. And then cook Prasadam, offer it to the deity, honor. And then you carry out with your daily activities. So this is the standard system. Get up in the Brahmurta take cold water bath, even though it was very, very cold and uh, it was icy cold water over there, but still the devotees would take uh, early morning shower and it was kind of uh, very torturous activity for the new devotees and they would literally shout while they would take bath. But nevertheless, it was very, very important. Cold water bath, it brings us immediately to Sattva Guna makes us very energetic. So, take old water bath and uh, then do Mangala chant rounds, read or hear Bhagavatam and then cook Prasadam. Then he would go for his incense run, means selling incense sticks. So, these were the very early days of his con and uh, to support the temple devotees would go around and selling incense sticks. He never deviated from this. He was completely happy as long as he was practicing Krishna consciousness. Jayananda worshipped Prasadam. When a little Prasadam spilled on the floor, he would lick it up. He loved to cook, eat, offer and distribute Prasadam in a big way. He even said Prasadam with so much love and devotion that it made one immediately want to take some. Another example of his attachment to Krishna consciousness was his love for the holy name. He was always seen chanting and dancing enthusiastically during Kirtans. One day after working hard for 10 hours straight, when all the other devotees were looking forward to some rest, Jayananda enthusiastically bounced into the temple room for Kirtan. So they worked very, very intensely for 10 hours straight and some devotees till 14 hours they had worked straight. And after such rigorous work, when devotees were just counting the moments they had to fall down, and immediately, Jan and Prabhu told oh, let us go for Aarti. And immediately took a shower. And all the other devotees were very tired, but he was very enthusiastic for Kirtan. So this Prabhupada tells is the spontaneous platform. Ordinarily, if you have done physical hard work for 10 hours, 12 hours, there is no question of doing any other activity, what to speak of dancing. But uh, when a person is very, very advanced, then this happens automatically. So enthusiastically bounced into the temple room for Kirtan. His Japa was very intense, very focused as he strove to personally associate with each and every syllable of the Mahamantra. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Srila Roop Goswami mentions that the process of sadhana bhakti begins with a little faith, shraddha. This faith then blossoms into a desire for devotee association, sadhusang. So among the nine stages in which we grow in bhakti, which ends with prema uh, that is love of god and that end is actually the real beginning of spiritual life and it, <clears throat> the first step in the material world to enter this process of bhakti is called shraddha shraddha means little faith some inclination to follow and then a person desires to associate with the devotees who are already following this associate with the sadhus and when he associates with the sadhus and the sadhus then engage him in the third stage and that is called bhajan kriya or devotional service similarly jayanan after receiving the association of Srila prabhupada and other devotees at the temple began to execute devotional service as per the instructions he received from his spiritual master he executed his sadhana sincerely he became purified of the material impediments to devotional service and begin to manifest the all-attractive qualities of pure devotee. So, after associating with the devotees, if we engage, keeping their association, we engage ourselves in bhajan kriya, in devotional service, chanting, hearing, preaching, doing practical activities for Krishna. Then we have to surpass the most difficult stage, anarthanivritti. Anarthanivritti means unwanted habits and uh, as long as these unwanted habits are prevalent within us there won't be complete confidence there won't be freedom from doubts all these confusions will keep on troubling us and unless the person is freed from these confusions he cannot relish this message and when a person crosses the stage of unearth and all unwanted drives habits are gone then the person exhibits taste for Krishna consciousness and all the wonderful symptoms of devotee. And some of the qualities are narrated here. So one very important quality of the devotee is humility. Humility was certainly Jayanan's most prominent quality. The kingdom of God, as we know, is meant for meek and humble, Lord Jesus said. So humility is expected for spiritual life. And when a person is advanced automatically, he becomes humble. He treated everyone as his superior, even new devotees. Although his service was glorious, he never wanted any glory. He avoided praise like the plague. Just like now we are an epidemic and we very strictly avoid the person who has got infected. And sometimes when the family members pass away, even uh, the other members are not allowed to go near them because it is very contaminating in a similar fashion. The praise which materialist is very fond of hearing. Oh, yes, please tell me I'm looking good. Oh, please tell me I performed very nicely and uh, I have done such wonderful work feats. And when some interview is released or the story is published, people become very, very happy. But devotee, he's afraid of praise like plague. So plague was an epidemic and people were not knowing the the remedy. So people were very, very afraid. Overnight, the boys would develop and the morning person is finished many times. So a devotee is very, very uh, realized. Devotee is very, very scared of praise. Oh, nobody should praise me. Thus he never tries to uh, show, display his achievements, but always wants to keep himself very low profile. So he avoided praise like the plague. Although his service was glorious, devotees got to know that if they wanted to keep Jayananda's association, they would better not praise him. So if you praise him, that he would immediately leave your association. He would go somewhere. He will not tolerate. Just see how beautiful. So devotee, as soon as he hears his praise, he runs away. His humility was very natural and he always found something other than himself that was praiseworthy even though he was a senior devotee older than most of the people around him and eminently qualified he was happy to simply serve so sometimes uh, when we see i'm chanting for some years and we see some other devotees whom we are guiding who are new into devotional service a sense of superiority seeps in and sometimes we start thinking consciously or subconsciously that i am superior But however, this was never found. He treated everyone as his superior, even new devotees. Once a new boy at the temple wanted to do some service and was asked to help with the trash. The weekly trash run was done by Jayananda. So although he was the senior most devotee, uh, the job he was very fond of doing was cleaning the trash of the temple. Who cheerfully took the little help the boy gave. Later when the boy became a devotee, he remembered thinking, That how this boy, new boy was there and he got so much attracted that he joined the movement. He thought uh, because he introduced himself, I'm the garbage man in the temple in this place. So if the garbage man at this temple can be so blissful, just imagine what the rest of the devotees are like. (laughs) So he thought garbage cleaning means it is a very low profile job. So if the person who is garbage cleaner in the temple, he is so blissful, what would be the life of other devotees? And thus became very inspired and became full-time devotee himself. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the third verse of Sikshashtakam lays down the qualification for offenseless chanting. One can chant the holy name of the Lord in a humble state of mind thinking himself lower than the straw in the street. One should be more tolerant than the tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige and ready to offer all respects to others. In such a state of mind, one can chant the holy name of the Lord constantly. Jayanand exemplified this verse. He was so humble that just being in his association would make one feel ashamed of one's pride. He was very special, yet no one paid any special attention to him. That was just the way he liked things. So this is very important verse, which we hear also almost every time before we begin the Bhagavad Gita sessions. So Krishna Kaviraj Goswami tells you should string this verse in your neck beads and always wear it around your neck. Means these words should be there in your throat always so that you never forget it. And what is that verse? become humbler than grass. When you try to stomp upon the grass, the grass comforts your feet. So if somebody is trying to oppress us, the devotee thinks, how can I give comfort to the other person who is oppressing me? This is called being humbler like the grass and tolerant like the tree. Tree somebody is cutting down, it will not protest. Still, it will give the shade, the fruits to everybody who takes its shelter. In such a manner, a devotee is expected to be <clears throat> sorry, very, very humble like grass and tolerant like a tree. So if we get disturbed, then it is not possible to always chant the holy names of Krishna offenselessly without which there is no success in spiritual life. So devotees should be completely undisturbed and that is possible only when a person is tolerant like the tree and humbler like the grass. So uh, Jainant Prabhu was personification of this quality, humbler than the grass, tolerant than the tree. Another very important element is the service attitude. In the preface of or the introduction of Nectar of Instruction, Prabhupada mentions the entire spiritual advancement depends upon one's attitude. Sevan Mukhei Jivadav. When the devotee is properly established, very, very eager to render service to Krishna, Krishna reveals himself. So Jainan was expert at everything cooking, preaching, deity worship public relations sankirtan selling incense construction and anything that it took to spread krishna consciousness he was a tireless worker first to rise in the morning and last to sleep at night so devotees anyway they sleep very less among the devotees also if somebody is sleeping at the last and getting up early in the morning we can just imagine how much advanced the person would be He was always running out to get flowers, washing dishes, cleaning the kitchen, or taking out the trash. So we are hearing the uh, narration of a saint. So saint means he must be always uh, chanting the entire day, or he must be just reading the scriptures or lecturing like that. And people are welcoming him with garlands and falling down at his feet, all this treatment he was not liking. Rather, like Prabhupada established, uh, the same principle what Arjuna followed. Understanding that uh, it is generally not possible for the devotees to constantly chant entire day and night, especially in Kali Yuga now in this age. So engagement in the service of Krishna is the way. So he was a tireless worker and what kind of work he would do? Mundane menial tasks, getting flowers, washing dishes, cleaning the kitchen or taking out the trash. Whatever service he was given, he was he would make sure that it was done. No matter how busy he was or how much personal hardships he had to endure for it. No matter how hard he was working, he would never stop for a nap during the day. He seemed inexhaustible. Many times when Jainanda went to Berkeley to distribute leftover prasadam, he would first organize a crew to clean the kitchen, working twice as hard as anybody else. Then he would transfer the prasadam, load it into the van, drive it to Berkeley, Organize the distribution there and have Kirtan while all this was going on. Many years later, he readily accepted the position of the driver for the Radha Damodar traveling Sankirtan party, working side by side with Brahmacharis, scarcely half his age. So although he was the senior most, other devotees were scarcely half his age, he took the position of driver. In spite of his advanced position and seniority, He never asked for anything special and readily accepted menial position under new devotees. In the Vishnu Puran, Sri Krishna informs Arjuna that one who claims to be my devotee is not actually my devotee. One who claims to be the devotee of my devotees is in actuality my devotee. Jainanda completely manifested this quality. So this is very important words which uh, Lord Krishna explains to Arjuna. That one who claims to be my devotee is not actually my devotee. One who claims to be the devotee of my devotee is in actuality my devotee. So the devotees don't desire to serve Krishna directly. Rather, that is taken as arrogance. Just like if somebody's personal assistant of president or the chief secretary and all these people, that is a very, very enviable post in the material world. So being direct service, in the direct service of Krishna, it is a very very exalted position and a devotee thinks he is not at all qualified for this job so devotee always feels i am not at all qualified to serve krishna however other devotees are engaging me somehow in the service of krishna so i don't have any direct relationship with krishna and thus have no hope of spiritual life but through the service of devotees i am linked to krishna because these devotees are serving krishna so thus a devotee never tries to serve Krishna directly. He tries to become, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told, Gopir Das Das I am the servant of the servant of the servant of gopis who are serving Krishna. So in this way Prabhupada tells in material world, we want to become master of master. And thus there is chaos at every level. Uh, people are not happy in the workplace because the boss is trying to boss over or some subordinate is trying to boss over. But everyone is trying to boss over. In a house also, in family also, the relatives are trying to boss over each other. Father is trying to boss over son. Son is trying to boss over father. Husband bossing over wife. Wife bossing over husband. And this concept called uh, so-called we are putting everybody on equal level. Everybody is equal. Don't call sir, sir. Don't call uh, any elderly woman, ma'am. Call them by their names. Have equal culture in office, have equal culture in uh, house also, but this is not the Vedic culture. in Vedic culture person feels very fortunate if he is given the position of servant because they know the disease of the conditioned living entities that it wants to become boss, supreme boss, god in this material world. So the remedy is to develop servant attitude. So thus everybody in varnashrama system is taught how to become servant of some other personality. So thus Hari Prabhu always he exemplified this behavior uh, by not becoming accepting any leadership, leadership position but always trying to serve the devotees who are very very new and scarcely half his age. He was trying to serve them in this way he was trying to serve Prabhupada and Krishna. So Krishna confirms one who claims to be the devotee of my devotee is in actuality my devotee. So this should be our aspiration uh, that I may I become servant of servant of servant of servant. When I see this person devotee is not being served by anybody. Let me try to serve that devotee. This is the proper Krishna consciousness. And then Prabhupada tells he is the most elevated person who can cultivate this mentality that I'm the lowermost servant of servant of servant, the last one in the chain. And when the person thinks I am the most fallen person in the world. So here in this material world, people want to become best in the world. But in the devotional service, the devotee wants to feel all this sadhana, Regular service he is doing to develop the mentality that I am the most fallen person in the world. That is the attitude of Uttam Adhikari. That is how Prabhupada also when he was traveling to the West, in Markandeya Bhagavad Dharma, the prayers, Prabhupada writes, uh, insignificant beggar. So this is how all the devotees are thinking that I am most fallen person. So when a person actually he is able to feel, so artificially we may tell, oh I am fallen, Prabhu, you are great, greater than me, and what am I? But we have to actually feel that, just like actually we feel, oh yes, he is great man. So in this way, when he feels everybody is great, greater than him, then such a person is given the power to preach the holy name across the world. So if anybody wants to become powerful, he has to understand, he has to deeply realize, feel that he is the most unqualified person in the world. Das 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 Anu Dasa. This is very important principle for spiritual life. So sometimes when the devotees would complain, there is some trouble management disturbance or within the family, something is there. So Prabhupada told simply if you keep in fact in mind, this fact that I am servant of everybody, I am calling everybody Prabhu. So it should not be simply as a matter of lip service. Prabhu means master. So practically, I should think that everybody is master and I am the servant. That is why in the Vaishnava community, we address everybody as Prabhu, that you are master. I am your servant. So simply if a person can adopt this servant attitude, then all the problems will be solved. There would not be any problem of management or in the household family relationships. But unfortunately, instead of thinking that I am the servant, people think I am the master. People should behave to satisfy me. This lording over mentality is the cause of all problems in this world. He was always striving to be the Dasanudas, the servant of the servant. But there was no artificial humility in him. Material humility is relative. It is predicated on the qualification of the recipients. Jayananda had spiritual humility. It was absolute without any consideration of the status or qualities of the recipient. He served everyone and expected no one to serve him. The process of remembering, discussing or enumerating the qualities and pastimes of the Lord and his devotees are very, very purifying. So all these pastimes are very purifying, God or his devotees. Another very important feature, which we discussed a few days ago in the Sunday session, is uh, how to understand who is an advanced devotee. One very unique feature, one feature it is being mentioned by Rupa Goswami in the nectar of instruction that is freedom from fault finding. It is very, very difficult. We are very prone to criticize. So when a person is and of course, a preacher has to criticize, uh, but uh, the person who is Uttam Adhikari, unless some preaching work is required, There is no need of any criticism. So devotee takes the pain. So Prabhupada, uh, when the movement grew and so many devotees were there around. So Prabhupada was remembering the days when movement was not there. And Prabhupada told those were the happy days. Devotees wondered those were the happy days when nothing was there. The devotees were not there. Movement was not there. Prabhupada told yes, because I was not finding fault at that time. So thus, this is a very, very uh, elevated mood in which devotee remains completely blissful if the devotee thinks he is the most fallen person in the world. But an advanced devotee sometimes gives up this mentality. And in order to help the conditioned souls, he starts criticizing, starts finding fault. This is the duty of pure devotee. Thus, the most exalted devotees like Narad Muni, he is also criticizing, chastising Vedivyas. So unless the guru is scolding, chastising, correcting, the disciple has no hope for advancement. So thus, but this is unhappiness for the devotee. But he takes this unhappiness in the service of Krishna. But otherwise, the devotee is not at all interested in finding any faults or criticizing anybody. So we all tr- should try to aspire for this quality. So perhaps the most defining characteristic of Jayananda was that he never criticized anyone. Even if a devotee did something that warranted criticism, he would usually not say anything or else make the mistake appear as something perfectly natural. He never spoke harsh words or chastised anybody. Sometimes devotees would come to him with expansive ideas of how to spread Krishna consciousness. Jayananda would encourage these ideas, however extraordinary. At the same time, he was not a fool. He could always pick up the right man for the job. Jainanda could not even bear to hear the criticism of another devotee. If such a thing were happening, he would simply leave the room. These are the characteristics of Uttam Adikari, one who has reached the highest level of perfection in his sadhana bhakti. Another very important feature of advanced devotees that he is dear to everyone, not just to the devotees, but even to uncultured non-devotees. Like the six Goswamis, Jananda was dear to both the gentle and the ruffians. He was as much at home with the Italians at the produce market as he was with the brahmacharis at the temple. Once a devotee was approached by a staggering drunk in San Francisco who looked at his robes and asked, hey, where is my old friend Jayananda? So this great drunkard was there. Somehow uh, he approached a devotee, not properly able to balance his steps. And then he's asking, where is my friend Jayananda? So even a drunkard was very fond of him. Many devotees who took over Jayananda's old territory would meet people who would say things like, where is Johnny Ananda? Because when he left this planet, then other devotees who took the services and doing the same job in the area where he was going to preach and touch people. So Jayananda, some people would ask, where is Johnny Ananda? And one person told, oh, that man, he's the nicest and the most pure man I've ever met. Or I don't know much about your philosophy, but if Jayananda is into it, it must be all right. So this is how devotee's behavior is expected to be. I do not know your philosophy. What is it? But if Jayananda is into it, then that must be all right. So devotee preaches by his character, by his behavior. One woman public official on the San Francisco board was famous for giving the devotees a hard time during Rath Yatra. One year when the devotees approached her, she asked, Where is Jayananda? On hearing that he had passed away, she broke down and began to cry. The purity in Jayananda's heart would touch even the most cynical. In Bhagavad Gita 5th chapter, Lord Krishna says, that one who works in devotion, who is a pure soul and who controls his mind and senses it is dear to everyone and everyone is dear to him. So he is dear to everyone and everyone is dear to him. Although always working, such a man is never entangled. Everyone loved Jayananda. Since he had completely transcended the bodily conception, <clears throat> he would approach a drunk, a hippie, or a devotee with same compassion and enthusiasm. He spoke to the super soul in everyone and everyone responded accordingly. Like Maharaj Yudhishthir, Jayanan's enemy was never born. So uh, once uh, he got the temple president with him, who was a younger devotee to him, he never wanted to have any position for himself. And he took temple president, the local leader of the uh, temple, inside a bar and bar and pub is the last thing where devotees would like to go they are highly in tamoguna and they would not be able to appreciate in krishna consciousness very sinful ordinarily one may think but when he went inside some 25 30 people who were sitting there their faces became lit up they all became uh, uh, very glad to receive uh, jan Prabhu. the prahu it says oh you have come oh this must be your uh, friend temple president whom you were telling about So he was able to discuss and engage very nicely and all those devotees contributed so many things in the service of the temple. So he was able to make friendship and make even the drunkards appreciate Krishna consciousness. So it is said that though Krishna has nothing to do with non-devotees, his devotees are even more compassionate than him and will try and engage them with Lord's service. Jainan was eager to see everyone engage in Krishna's service. So how a person starts his devotional life, because to understand God is very difficult. And unless somebody understands God, there is no question of uh, uh, engaging in service. So how a person develops this understanding, that is uh, the concept called Agyat Sukriti. Somehow or other, knowingly or unknowingly, if a person renders service to Krishna Prabhupada, just like the small child is there, father is falling flat, offering obeisances in the temple. The child has got the tendency of imitating. He imitates the father. He also offers respects. Child is not knowing uh, why am I falling down? Who is standing here? Which are the deities in the temple? He has no knowledge, but simply he has fallen down in front of deity. This is called Agyasukriti. Sukriti. Even though he knows he uh, he doesn't know what he is doing, but still spiritual credits he is getting in his account. And when those credits are sufficiently accumulated, he is able to understand Krishna consciousness. So thus engaging people somehow or other in service of Krishna, knowingly unknowingly, is very important to give a start to their spiritual life. So whenever a new Bhakta would come, Jayananda made him feel he was engaged in important work. He was older, bigger and stronger than just about anyone in the temple and everyone was glad to be working under him. His preaching style was very simple and direct. He would speak speak from the heart to the heart. Once he was preaching to a couple of hippies while crawled under an automobile. All that was visible of him was a pair of legs. Yet the two hippies stood there transfixed by his message. During rathyatra, he would organize a crew of cynics, hippies, bloopers, uncooperative personalities and non-devotees off the street to help build the carts. He would get them to work for 10 to 14 hours a day always glorifying them. So he was so expert that the drunkards, hippies, cynics and all such people, non-believers, he was able to engage everyone building the huge rath yatra carts, and they, they were able to work for 10 to 14 hours. And sometimes they would go in between smoke and again come back. But somehow he was always able to engage them in the service of Krishna. And so expert in preaching that although the two hippies were seeing only his feet, those were the only visible portions of his body outside the car. He was under the guard fixing the automobile. But from there he was speaking and they were listening transfixed. So uh, this is the influence of a pure devotee. Another very important feature is renunciation. So Bhakti, when it is practiced in the foreground of complete knowledge of Krishna consciousness, just like a child who is following, but he does not have any knowledge, uh, will not be able to usually make his spiritual life perfect. Bhakti has to be done in full knowledge. Oh, Krishna is there in front of me. Krishna is there everywhere, knowing the science of Krishna and in complete renunciation, detachment from the material world. In this way, when a person serves Krishna in full knowledge and detachment, then there is advancement. So renunciation is very important. So, Jayanand had almost no possessions, even during his years as a householder. Whatever he had, he used for the service of temple and Srila Prabhupada. And uh, we know he was simply doing cab driving and he had the savings of his life accumulated to $5,000. And when he met Prabhupada, very soon, he dedicated his entire life savings, $5,000, back in those times 66 to Srila Prabhupada. He promptly donated that to Srila Prabhupada. And in the introduction of the Nectar of Devotion, that is very important book, Nectar of Devotion. Uh, In the introduction, Prabhupada mentions the name of the devotee. Just see, eternally for 10,000 years, the books are going to be there and his name is mentioned. So this is the actual fame that a devotee can attain. So, of course, he's famous everywhere in uh, uh, other worlds and in this world. But he's also mentioned in the introduction of the very important book, Nectar of Devotion. Jan and uh, Brahmachari very kindly has contributed uh, his wealth for this book. And after this also, for many years, he was almost single-handedly supporting the temple by driving his cab for 12 to 14 hours a day. So initially books were not there and thus uh, it was very difficult to raise money. Then the book started going. People started contributing. So he was driving cab 12 to 14 hours every day. He would preach and he would attend the morning program, guide the new devotees and then rest of the time rigorously he would do cab driving. So just see, case he's so nice, simply by driving cab, cleaning the trash, a person can attain the highest perfection of spiritual life. This is Krishna consciousness. Need not work hard for so-called extraordinary material arrangement. Simply clean the trash, but work very hard in cleaning the trash. Simply become driver, but work hard, very hard as driver. So 12 to 14 hours, he would drive an entire money he would give to support the temple. When he was in his last days of his life, again, he got some money for treatment because he got detected with cancer, but he did not bother to take any treatment with that money An entire thing again, he gave to Prabhupada and Prabhupada was very moved by this gesture of his. When he was in the last days of his life, he used the money given to him for his treatment to support the Rath Yatra in Los Angeles. He was extremely careful with what he considered to be Srila Prabhupada's money. When selling incense, he would sleep on park benches in bitter cold rather than spend money on a motel. Now he would travel various places to sell incense. Now somebody can think, just like uh, people are for good cause, some people have good heart. They work for NGOs as at less salary. But when they would travel, they would have good facilities to travel. They would book a hotel motel and stay there. But uh, he was so renounced and very, very careful about every penny that is collected for the service of Krishna. And it even though it is bitterly cold, he would sleep on the bench outside, not willing to spend any money or he would find some other friend sleep in his place. He would sleep on park benches in bitter cold rather than spend money on a motel. He used his considerable charm to get people to donate almost everything that was needed. What he could not get for free, he made sure that he received a good value for the money spent. His final lesson in material detachment came when it was discovered that he was suffering from cancer of the lymph and blood. Jayananda continued as if nothing had changed. When his body became frail and weak, he continued preaching, inspiring and organizing from his bed in the hospital. For him, the body was simply a means to render devotional service to the Lord. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu summarizes in the phrase, Vairagya Vidya Nijbhakti Yoga, which means renunciation through the wisdom that comes from practicing devotional service. Jainan was a true sannyasi as one who did not just renounce material objects but actually renounce the desire for these material objects. So usually sannyasis they leave everything and go somewhere. But he did not leave anything, but he used everything in the service of Krishna. He was always eager to use everything for the service of Krishna, however, he had no personal desire for anything material. jainan was the backbone of the bay area Yatra for several years behind the scene he would do everything for the preparation of the festival he would beg food flowers funds buy materials and build the carts. he would arrange for the permits organize the cooking and serving of prasad all the things always went right down the wire he would means it would become very difficult he would consistently succeed in fulfilling all these plans every year after the festival he would cook a cake or pie for each and every person who had somehow helped in the festival because of his efforts in the bay area devotees even up to this day enjoy amazingly harmonious relationship with the city officials and in the last days jayananda was busy organizing the rath yatra from his hospital bed he would talk to the people on the phone send his associates to meet various persons and things began to miraculously materialize every moment of his life was precariously used in the service of krishna so in this way, even though he's going to die in the hospital, he was having ghostly looks because cancer it sucks away your body. And in those ghostly looks also, when devotees were very appalled to see him, he was making phone calls and from his bed only, lying on his bed, he was arranging uh, another Rath festival. And some of the very unique uh, supernatural uh, displays also are mentioned here. So it is said that pure devotional service brings about much opulence. So all the siddhis which are there, anima, mahima, lagima, ishitva, vashipta, prapti, prakamya, kamavasaita, smaller than the smallest, bigger than the biggest, surpassing the limits of space and other dimensions. So all these things a devotee gets simply by doing devotional service. However, uh, he does not care about them much. Thus, uh, it is said that pure devotional service brings about much opulence, though the devotees never seek them out. Once they are there, they are used for the service of Krishna. and apparently could function with very little or even no sleep. Towards the last few days of the Rathyatra, it was very difficult for him to walk. Even his body was so uh, badly affected by the cancer of the limbs. But he was so much transcendentally surcharged with spiritual potency. He was barely sleeping for three hours or less than that for many, many days or many weeks rather before the Rath Yatra festival. He would sleep less than three hours a day. So ordinarily, if a person works hard, he must have sufficient sleep. But he is working physically, building the Rath Yatra, the huge carts, and sleeping less than three hours. Yet he was the most energetic and was he tired the entire day? No, even after many days of suffering from cancer, when even walking is difficult. Once he was seen crawling on the floor. But then when he got into service, he would continuously keep on working and sleepless nights he would spend. And yet he was most energetic and enlivened the members of the crew. His propensity to consume. So this was one unique opulence, surpassing the uh, uh, influence of the laws of nature, the demands of the body. Another demand, another limitation rather of the body is that we can only eat in limited proportions. However, his propensity to consume prasadam was astounding. He could consume buckets of halwa. We can eat one or two cups or three cups maybe. But he could consume buckets of halwa, plates of samosas and potatoes without any side effect. When he was in his last days, he was put on an intravenous diet. Yet he would often ask the devotees to sneak in huge quantities of samosas and cheese potatoes for him which he would happily consume without any apparent distress. He would sometimes sleep in the Bhagavatam classes since he was very tired yet later on he could perfectly quote from the class or have a deep discussion about its contents. So this is very extraordinary pastime. Plates of samosas how a person can consume and buckets of Uh, halwa and other things so this pastime is also mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita when the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Mahaprabhu personally used to serve them prasadam they would eat up to five times of their capacity so a person cannot eat more than his capacity maybe 10 percent 20 percent more but how a person can eat double or triple or five times there is no question but this happens on spiritual platform so up to five times of their capacity because they were so much in love. Mahaprabhu has given this prasadam. Mahaprabhu would keep on serving, they would keep on having. So in this way, Jainandhari Prabhu, although intravenous diet is there, a person will suffer like anything, but he would consume everything without any side effects. So these are some mystical opulences. And although he people would see him that he is sleeping in the Bhagavatam class because he is working very hard, but then he would completely, perfectly quote uh, the shlokas of the Bhagavatam and he could have a very nice discussion about what was discussed in the Bhagavatam. Jananda has now a very important thing, uh, the concluding thing. Please uh, excuse me, I'm taking some more time. So maybe by 9.10 we will finish. So please let us try to hear this. It is very important to perfect one's spiritual life to have it all depends upon one's relationship with the spiritual master. How much the books are going to reveal that depends upon the relationship with the spiritual master. The books give personal instructions. So how to develop this relationship people have various ideas. So how was Jainand Prabhu's relationship with Prabhupada let us understand here Jnanand has had complete faith in Prabhupada he perfected his devotion by making the instructions of Srila Prabhupada the very core of his life he was advanced enough to realize that real association was through following the instructions of the spiritual master unlike most of the other devotees who would go out of their way to get some personal association of Srila Prabhupada Jainan was content to work in the background Carrying out his instructions, he exemplified the superiority of association by Vani, that means instructions, over Vapu, which means physical association. Srila Prabhupada would otherwise, because he was knowing his feature, would invariably call off Jayananda when he was in the temple. Jayananda would resist saying, no, I cannot go. I am too dirty. I am too fallen. Such were the transcendental exchanges between the spiritual master and his dear disciple. So this is the mood in our Sampradaya. Usually people uh, want to see God and they are eager. They ask, have you seen God? But uh, Prabhupada told, is God your order supplier that you want to order Krishna? Krishna, come here, I want to see you stand before me. No, you work in such a way that God sees you. That is real association with God. Sadhu Sangha Sadhu Sangha Sarva Shastra Sadhu Sarva Even little association, contact with the pure devotee can make one's spiritual life perfect. And this contact is of two kinds: one is called Vapu, another is called Vani. What is Vapu? So, this is important to understand. Vapu means physical contact. Physically, the spiritual master has some requirements, and fulfilling those requirements, that is called physical seva, vapu seva. And uh, thus devotees were very eager when uh prabhupad would come they would sacrifice everything somehow arrange this thing that thing to just sit to, with prabhupad just have darshan of prabhupad be with him that is definitely most important and a person advanced very much by this but a higher realization prabhupad mentions is the instruction with vani vani means on spiritual platform just like we understand Abhinatvam from nam namino the Vedas mentioned there is no difference between the person and the name of the person on spiritual platform. So Krishna and all his pure devotees are on the same absolute platform. Just like there is no difference between Krishna, his form, his name or his instructions in the Bhagavad Gita. In a similar fashion, there is no difference between the form, between the instructions and the name of the spiritual master or the pure devotees also. So the devotees, when they would feel absence of Prabhupada, so Prabhupada told, you can keep my picture on the places where I used to sit. In this way, you will not feel separation. There is no difference between spiritual master and his picture. Just like there is no difference between Krishna and his picture. And devotees who are advanced can associate with these features of Krishna or his pure devotees. And uh, Prabhupada told that when devotees wanted to understand how to have association, And they asked whether uh, Srila Prabhupada's spiritual master is present in his picture. So Prabhupada told, yes, that is why one should be very careful and not be disrespectful about the pictures because spiritual master is not different from his picture. However, the spiritual master is more present in his instructions. What is the meaning of more present? More present means spiritual master is more willing, more accessible through his instructions. Uh, So just like what does it mean that there is no difference between Krishna and the name of Krishna or spiritual master or the name or instructions? It means uh, just like mango example, again, we will take when you eat mango, you get some taste of mango. It is very, very nice. Yes. But if you chant mango, 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 that taste, you will not get that feeling you will not get of eating mango. But on spiritual platform, mango and the name mango are same. So the same experience which a person gets by meeting krishna personally physically touching krishna the same experience he gets by chanting the name of krishna so the same experience of physically meeting the spiritual master and during Yatra, the devotees uh, they give uh, shared their experience that suddenly this devotee felt amazing peace spreading around and he got goosebumps his hair stood on end he felt surcharged with energy and then he turned around and he saw that Prabhupada had come very close to him so thus devotees would feel the presence Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he had fainted he was there in the ocean and the fisherman he thought he has got a big fish and he pulled out and then saw oh, it was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as soon as he touched Chaitanya Mahaprabhu his body started shivering so sometimes the spiritual master or Krishna when they are willing to give their association the devotee becomes surcharged with such ecstatic symptoms And those symptoms a devotee can experience just by associating with the form, by chanting the name. And this association is most readily available in the form of the instructions. So thus Prabhupada told, spiritual master, there's no difference between him and the form. But spiritual master is more present in the instructions, means the real association spiritualizing the body will be felt when a person very strictly follows the instructions of spiritual master. And this is how a person is able to see Krishna when he's very, very strictly able to follow the instructions of spiritual master. So the most advanced devotees here it is mentioned about Jan and Prabhu. There was another devotee, Tripuradi Swami, whom Prabhupada would call the incarnation of book distribution. He was also having this similar realization. He was there in the airport, and all the devotees were there receiving Prabhupada. They were distributing books and Prabhupada came, they all jumped, dance and went along with Prabhupada because it was so difficult to get a glimpse of Prabhupada. Some devotees never saw Prabhupada in their entire life. Just read a small book and got initiated. Some devotees in huge gathering were able to listen to Prabhupada for one hour. And sometimes in the morning they would have his darshan, few minutes they would be able to see Prabhupada. So they were very eager. Prabhupada had come to their place. All of them, they went along with him from the airport to have his association. But this uh, devotee thought, what will I do by seeing Prabhupada? What realization do I have of his completely spiritual persona? Rather, let me just try to fulfill his desires, associate with his instructions. And in this way, Prabhupada would be pleased. And uh, then when Prabhupada got to know that he is distributing books, he has not come to have his physical darshan, Prabhupada became very, very pleased. So thus here also, he was uh, more willing to Satisfy the desires, engage himself in the activities of the mission, physical work, rather than personally associating with Papu. So thus, this association with Vani is the most important presence and the real association which is desired by the advanced devotees. In this way, Jainan Prabhu was maintaining constant association with his spiritual master. And conclusion is, Jainan passed away on May 1st, 1977. He joined the Krishna Consciousness movement in 1967, just when it is in the beginning, and he left the planet a few months before Srila Prabhupada. In the scriptures it is said that when a pure devotee of the Lord appeared to execute his will, their associates invariably accompany them. One cannot help but speculate that Jananda had only come to serve his eternal spiritual master. The fact that Srila Prabhupada was on this planet at the time of his passing away is also significant it let Prabhupada affirm that everyone should follow the example of Jayananda. So just like Krishna comes with his associates, the confidential devotees who act as spiritual masters, they also come with their personal associates. And thus the devotees are uh, trying to speculate that Jayananda Prabhu was one of such associates who came just to assist assist Prabhupada in his mission. So at the time of death, uh, he rejected the money which was given to him and uh, Prabhupada, when he uh, got to know this thing Prabhupada was very moved he told i understand you are suffering from this disease and some money is there for your treatment so you have given it to krishna but if you wish i can give this money back to you uh, but as you have rightly stated that what is the use of maintaining this body rather let it be used consumed in the service of krishna but still uh, i can return the money back to you but nevertheless he never wanted it and then uh, it was so difficult for him at the final time. It is told we have to chant the name of Krishna uh, at the time of death. He was not able to chant. He was so much pain was there in the body. Uh, so he was moaning in pain. But then he there was a mantra box, the tape, which was playing Prabhupada's chanting of Hare Krishna. He got it, clutched it very close to his chest. And hearing that Prabhupada's chanting Hare Krishna Mantra, he left his body. So in a very unique pastime, Prabhupada writes this letter after he has left the planet. So what is the use of writing letter to a person after he has left the planet? These are the spiritual dynamics. So Prabhupada writes, my dear Jayananda, please accept my blessings. I am feeling your separation very intensely. Prabhupada, just imagine Prabhupada is feeling the devotees in separation very intensely. Usually we are supposed to feel separation from spiritual master and Krishna. I am feeling your separation very intensely. In 1967, you joined me in San Francisco. You were driving my car and chanting Hare Krishna. You are the first man to give me some contribution, $5,000 to print my Bhagavad Gita. After that, you have rendered a very favorable service to Krishna in different ways. Therefore I hope that at the time of your death, you have been remembering Krishna and therefore you have been promoted to his eternal association. Now, Prabhupada mentions the principle. If not, if you have had some small material desire, you will have gone to the celestial kingdom to live with the demigods for many thousands of years and enjoy the most opulent life of material existence. From there, you can promote yourself to the spiritual world. But even if one fails to promote oneself to spiritual world, at that moment, the person returns to face of this earth and is born in an aristocratic family. Where again there is an opportunity to revive Krishna consciousness. But Prabhupada concludes But because you had been listening Krishna Kirtan, I am sure you were directly promoted to Krishna Loka. Karma chame Divya Mevam Yoveti Tatpataha Deham Punar Janma Nayeti Krishna has done you a great favor by allowing you to continue in your sick body and has given you a suitable place for your service. So, uh, thus Prabhupada closes this letter with this very important line that Krishna has done you a great favor by allowing you to continue. Continue means his journey in your sick body and has given you a suitable place for your service. So, what is the use of maintaining this miserable material body where so many disturbances are there? So, Krishna called his devotee. So, this death, uh, early death need not be a disaster like a materialist thing but rather that is great favor as krishna promotes a devotee to a suitable place where very comfortably he can render service to krishna then Prabhupada further writes in another context Jayananda's death is glorious what he has said is very good what is the use of this useless body better leave it he has left this body very beautifully and has been transferred to Vakunta. i already sent a letter of condolence to be published in back to uh, godhead magazine Everyone should follow Jainanda's example. I am very proud to have had such a good disciple. If possible, the photo of Jainanda should be hung in the Rath of Lord Jagannath. And in all our temples, a day should be chosen to make a festival of honor, just as we do on the day of disappearance of other great Vaishnavas. So Prabhupada told his uh, uh, disappearance day should also be celebrated. And uh, just as we do on the day of disappearance of other great Vaishnavas. He is also a great Vaishnava, as Prabhupada mentions, he has gone back to Godhead. So thus these are the exemplary pastimes of the pure devotee of Krishna. So I can share this with you so that you can read it over and over again. And although please don't try to imitate, if we eat five times our diet or even twice our diet, we will fall sick. So we have to be very, very regulated in our diet. We cannot go sleepless like this. So these are examples of very exalted devotees. However, we have to be regulated, regulated in our eating, regulated in our sleeping, very, very regulated in our sadhana. We cannot sleep in the Bhagavatam class. As I was mentioning the other day, Prabhupada told, it pains me a lot when somebody sleeps in Bhagavatam class. So we have to be very, very rigid and regulated in our life. However, it is very, very important that we follow his footsteps and try to follow these principles in whatever baby steps we can do in our life. And then eventually we can expect that I can also approach the same platform.